Are you tired of spending your time and money chasing strategy after strategy only to discover what worked 10, 5, or even 2 years ago is not working now? Things shift fast in the online space, and if you're not keeping up, you're getting left behind. It's time for something different. Welcome to the Marketing, Media, and Money Podcast, where every single episode will be jam-packed with proven, profitable strategies, behind-the-scenes secrets, and what's working now resources. From industry experts and global influencers to help you scale your business, shorten your learning curve, and stand out in a crowded, noisy marketplace. And now, your host, award-winning marketing and media strategist and international speaker, Patty Farmer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Marketing, Media, and Money podcast. I'm looking forward to sharing another great and amazing industry expert with you today. And let me tell you about her. So today we have Sherry Lee Wozik, who is on a mission to empower a million women to create the lives and businesses of their dreams on their terms. She's a single mom to two teens, and in the midst of growing her business, while they were younger, she realized and experienced how much pressure and guilt is put on moms who want to run their business and be with their family. Sherry Lee offers Facebook marketing and Facebook ad training, coaching, consulting, and implementation services, and she speaks to motivate, empower, and inspire. Thank you so much, Sherry Lee, for being here with me today. Well, thank you, Patty. I really appreciate having an opportunity to speak with you and to share my love of Facebook with more people. And you do love it too, because I've known you for several years and you have always been my go-to person for every Facebook ad question that I have. So we can just jump right in with that. But before we do, really quickly, I believe that everybody has a story, right? We all have a story. We all have this aha moment where we go from doing either a job or just something we're doing to make money to doing the thing that we know is what we were meant to do. So what I'd like you to do is kind of, could you tell us your story and share with us how you went from whatever you were doing before to what you're doing now and how you got there? Just a little bit about the journey. Hmm, thank you. Yeah, this is, a, I mean, this is obviously my journey, so it's dear to me, but it's shifted over the years how I've seen it. Before I started this business, I started in 2010, and I was a stay-at-home mom. My kids were little. They were 6 and 10 at the time, and my husband at the time was self-employed and providing for the family, and I was looking for something kind of part-time to get me out of the house and get me around some adults, and I'd been playing around with Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn for a very small business that I had started previously and had learned how to use those platforms to help me promote myself in that business. And I was hearing from the women in my community that they were interested in knowing how to do these things, but they didn't know how to do Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. So I put together a workshop and started offering workshops. And my intention was a couple of workshops a month, bring in a little extra money for me, for the kids. That was all I was looking for. And about six months after I started doing that, Uh, I took my kids out one Friday afternoon to go swimming and to homeschool science classes. And while I was waiting for them, my husband called me and he said, don't bother coming home. I've changed the locks. There's lots of hotels. And then he hung up and that's how we ended our 14 year marriage. And that was the last I've ever spoken to him. 
which obviously sent me into a bit of a panic. There was a lot of devastation. I had to tell the kids, you know, it was a pretty rough time. We ended up fast forward through all the stuff that was going on, but we ended up, of course, on our own. And I discovered he had left me with substantial debt. And my kids were so devastated by this event. And I really wanted to maintain as much status quo as I could because they had lost so much. And so for me, allowing them to stay home and continue homeschooling was a priority for me. And everybody kept saying, well, just put them in school and get a job. And I knew deep somewhere that there was something here in this social media thing. And I just started saying yes to every opportunity that came. People took my workshops and said, I still don't want to do it. Would you do it for me? And I figured out how to do done for you services. And it really has grown from that. My commitment to stay at home with my kids to continue their homeschooling journey and to be there to help them and support them through the devastation of the way my marriage was ended and the way their father walked out of their lives. And that's been my guiding light the whole way through this business. And here I am now celebrating 10 years in business, which blows me away. And we are happier and I'm more successful than I ever dreamed possible simply because I just was not going to let that moment be a negative definer for us. And it inspired me and motivated me to create something different than what I'd had in the past. That sounds great. I think a lot of times, sometimes in our worst moments, is when we really reach that aha moment, when we really define what it is that's really, truly important to you. Like obviously mm -hmm. staying at home with your children and doing that was very, very important to you. You know, so many mm -hmm. women and women in business for sure. I think a lot of times, one of the things I hear them say over and over and over again to me is, you know, if daddy misses their soccer game or people just kind of expect that, right? You know, I mean, yep. there's exceptions to the rule, but nobody really thinks anything. It's like, well, you know, he's out working. But when mommy misses it, she mm -hmm. feels this tremendous guilt of, oh, maybe I should just go get a job, right? So that I can do it. So it's easier to balance because I know when I have to work and I know, you know, when I'm off work, I can be there. But she has this dream that she really wants and she wants to provide more for them and she wants time freedom mm -hmm. and money freedom. And it differs from person to person. But the thing is, she also has to balance not just life work balance, but the feelings that she has of inadequacy or guilt from when she can't be with her children. And I think that is something that motivates a lot of women. And I know that for me, one of my just really important missions is to really help any woman who comes to me and says that she really wants to have her own business. I will do everything I can to be able to help her because I think that she deserves it. If she wants to have a business of her own, she deserves to have it. And mm -hmm. if we can help her in any way we can, I think that we have a responsibility to do that. Absolutely. I agree. And I, you know, I experienced in the first few years, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't, I'd never run a business before. I'd never made that kind of money that was possible before. I'd always been an employee. I did discover that I wasn't a, really a crappy employee, but I was an entrepreneur struggling to get out of an employee's skin because I had not enjoyed my experience as an employee in the past. And I realized I really am not meant to work for other people. But what I saw happen so often in environments that I got myself into in at first, and I'm much more selective about where I spend my time now because I did I know better now, but I found myself in a lot of masterminds and coaching groups 
with a lot of men, and I'm not men bashing in, by any stretch of the imagination, but I found that many times there was a disconnect because my reality and my home life and my goals were substantially different. And I remembered one of my first coaches was a man and he told me that when he started his business, he was going out to 14 networking events every week and that I needed to do the same thing if I wanted to be successful. And I looked at him and said, are you kidding? Like my kids are young. I have to pay for a babysitter every time I go out. It's, you know, not realistic. I'm barely making enough money right now to pay for what I've got, let alone more babysitting time and all the events and everything. And he looked at me and said, you're not committed to your business then. And I realized then that there was a real different way of doing business and that it was okay to do business the way I wanted to do. It took me a while to get that nailed in, but I'm going to do business the way I want to. And, you know, in this world, it really doesn't matter if it fits somebody else's mold of what business should look like. And that's what I really want other women to know, because sadly, there are too many women out there where their husbands have decided to just walk away like mine did. And they, for some reason, and I don't know why I decided to start a business at that moment when I'd never done it before, but not everybody gets that moment where they go, oh, I'm just going to go do that, or they don't have the support, or they don't have something in them that they can offer as a business. I want them to know that there are other options than just continuing on the path that they're on and struggling constantly. I agree with you. I agree with you. And I think there's also women who have a job, maybe they're in career they're in a career Mm -hmm. and I know several people right now that are in a career that have a business and they're just a few years away from retiring from that career or getting some type of financial reward for staying and so they're choosing to do that Mm -hmm. and waiting a couple years or whatever Mm -hmm. or maybe it is just that maybe they really love what they do and I think that's okay too I just think that when I'm like you I had a male coach too who just speaks differently to me. Mm -hmm. And I think that women, we just kind of communicate a little bit different and we like to be spoken to a little bit differently. And I think Mm -hmm. that's why sometimes we prefer to work with women, right? You know, and I think that for me, it definitely, absolutely was that. And I always like to say, even when I'm choosing my clients, I work with men and women, but I market to women and the right men show up. And all my male clients are amazing but I have to say that they think a little bit differently as well. And so it works. And so just like anything else, we're always looking for a right fit client. And it really gender isn't really one of the things that I look for. It's really more about how we fit together. And so I think yeah. that there are a few things that we need to be thinking about what looks like that for us. So when you made that decision and you said, oh, this is what I want to do for me, I think that's okay no matter what it is. Absolutely. It's not going to look the same for everybody. Everybody's got to choose their own path. And I think sometimes the challenge is people realizing that they can choose their own path because we don't really live in a society where choice is something that's embraced regularly. You know, we kind of think, well, we have our path and it's chosen for us and we keep going. And yet you can, you can change and adjust. I mean, I was 47, 46 when that happened. And that's not the time I I immediately thought, well, who's going to give me a job? It's been so long since I've been in the workforce. So, you know, it's just about being aware that you can choose whatever it is you want to do 
and that if it doesn't match somebody else's idea of shoulds, that's okay. You can still choose your path, even if it's different than somebody else's. And you can always pivot too. Nobody says you're married to it either. Absolutely. Right? If, if you go along and you think, oh, this is what I want to do. I've made many pivots while I've been in my business. And I think that as time has gone on, I mean, even when I became a speaker eight years ago, I've had my marketing business for 20. I didn't decide to become a speaker till eight years ago. So things change all the time. And you learn to say, oh, you know what? This doesn't bring me as much joy as I thought. I think I'll do less of this. And this really does make me happy and I'll do more of that. And so I think that that's totally okay. So Sherry Lee, what would your advice be to a brand new entrepreneur or business owner in today's business environment? What would you give them as advice starting out? Oh, well, obviously (laughs) lots of things. But I think the first thing would be, you know, determine your path. And then find the people to bring into your life that will support you on your mission. You know, like, like I've said a couple of times, you can choose anything you want. I'm, my kids are 15 and almost 20 now. And I look at them and go, you guys can make money just doing just about anything in this world. You know, you don't actually have to go and have a nine to five job if you don't want to. And we just live in a time of so many opportunities And so, you know, know your path and know what is important to you. If you want to be able to pick your kids up from school every day at 2.30, choose people to mentor you and support you and encourage you that will honor your choices and not try and shove a different, you know, their reality onto you, just like that coach that I had, you know, it's about choosing your path and then finding the right people to support you and encourage you as you need it. And then, as you said, Patty, pivot when you need to, change when you need to. But I think that, to me, that would be the, have been the thing that I would have loved to have heard early on. Maybe I did hear, but couldn't take it in. But you well, know, sometimes we're not ready to listen. <laughs> I mean, that's so true. But I think that's really important, is it's just, you know, it's it, this is your life, this is your business, this is your choices to make. Just choose and then don't get stuck on, well, I have to have this kind of a person or this person to support me. There's somebody out there to support you, whether it's through a coaching relationship or a mentor or whatever, find the person who will support you and believes that what you want to accomplish can be done based and and include how you want to do it. I love that. So I know a lot of what we're going to talk about today are the four steps to attracting your ideal client on Facebook. And we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. Facebook ads. But before we get started on those four steps, I'm really looking forward to it. But before we do, sometimes I think it's really important to kind of really talk about what not to do and to talk about what other people think. So before we even get started with the steps, what are the biggest myths you think people have about Facebook ads? Facebook's pretty polarizing. (laughs) A lot of people love it. A lot of people hate it. I think the biggest myth about Facebook ads is that you have to have a massive ads budget in order for Facebook ads to work for you. And of course, the bigger your budget, the bigger bang you can get, but you still need to know what you're doing and how to do it. A lot of people don't know this, but you can affect the cost of your ads and the results of your ads by how well you manage your page and how well you help Facebook achieve its goals. Because Facebook has goals and they see you as a business page owner as their partner to help them achieve their goals. So 
I mean, myth number two is Facebook's not out to get you and you don't have to pay to play. You know, Facebook is a, an amazing tool that you can absolutely use whether you want to use paid ads or not, but you can make your ads work better for you by managing your Facebook page properly. Oh, I love that. What do you think is the most common reason that people try Facebook ads and then give up? Facebook makes it really easy to try something new and to spend some money. I mean, all of us go to our Facebook page and we see notifications saying this post is performing better than 95% of your other posts. You should boost it or you should run an ad for this. Like Facebook is always encouraging us to run ads because that is how they make their money. Now, I always tell people, don't let Facebook tell you when to run ads or how much to spend on your ads. So, you know, those are nice suggestions, but I usually ignore them. But I think the biggest mistake people make is they jump in and they maybe take that advice of Facebook, but they set up the wrong kind of ad for what they want to achieve. And a lot of people don't realize, you know, there's 11 different types of Facebook ads you can run. If you're choosing the wrong type of ad, you're not going to get the results that you're wanting. Then, of course, you're going to feel discouraged. Facebook's made it so hard for you. You know, it's complicated. I didn't understand what I was doing, and I wasted all this money. And so a lot of times then people go, well, I'm not going to bother because I don't have the money to waste again. And I think that's the biggest thing I hear from people is that, you know, they've just not had the result that they want. And normally it comes down to having chosen the wrong type of ad right at the get-go. I have to tell you, I didn't realize there was 11, 11 different type of ads. I mean, that's really news to me. I mean, I could have named off probably six or seven, but 11, that's, that's a pretty big number. And I'm sure most people probably only know like three or four. Well, and you don't need to know them all. That's the thing. There's, there, I mean, there's ads, there's a type of ad that you can use and create if you have an app on the iTunes store to encourage downloads. So if you don't have an app in your business, you have no reason to know how to run that ad, right? So you don't need to know how to run all of them. I tell all of my students, all my clients, there are five basic Facebook ads that you want to know how to run and when to run them so that you can get the most impact. And if you can master these five, that's all you need to be successful on Facebook. Can you name the five? Sure. There's the page likes campaign, boosted posts, traffic ads, conversion ads, and messenger ads. Oh, that's really good. Thanks. That was really mm -hmm. nice. So for and people. they all work together. They work like I've got a system that I teach people and that I execute for my clients that really starts with one. And those take us through the four steps to getting clients too. They help you achieve those goals because you use this ad for this objective, this ad for this objective, and you move people through a funnel essentially from not knowing you to being becoming a lead or getting onto a conversation with you or signing up for something. And you use these ads to help move people through that funnel quickly and effectively. You can do it without the ads, but the ads supercharge. Oh, I like that phrase. Okay, well, let's go through the four steps. So let's sure. start with step number one. Grow your audience. Number one thing I hear people saying is, well, I saw so-and-so ran an ad and they had an amazing result. And so I ran an ad and I didn't have that amazing result. The number one thing people do, aside from selecting the wrong type of ads, is they try to go right to the sale and they offer what their, you know, their product, their service, even a strategy session to people who've never heard of them or heard from them before. 
And so, you know, it's essentially like walking into a networking event where you don't know anybody and walking up to somebody and saying, hi, I'm Sherry Lee, buy my widget. Most people are going to say no because they want to know you. So the first thing you need to do is grow your audience, grow a community, use the bells and whistles that Facebook gives you to create audiences or pockets or, you know, groupings of people and then develop relationships with them. So growing your audiences first, and that's not just page likes, that's part of the process, but there's more to it than that. But getting an engaged, active community on your Facebook page is step number one. Step number two is then engaging them. So making sure they see your posts, making sure that Facebook is playing nice and putting those posts in their newsfeed, making sure that you're giving them easy ways to comment on your posts so that you have an opportunity to reply back to them, making sure you're creating conversations with your posts, not just uh, one-way blasts of information. So grow your audience, then engage your audience. Okay, Sherry Lee, can you tell us what step number three is? Absolutely. After we've grown our audience, we've engaged our audience, we now have people seeing us and knowing us and liking us and trusting us. We have visibility. Now we start collecting leads. And that's not just email addresses in your email list. That is definitely a type of lead that we want to collect. But we also want people messaging your page so that you have conversations with them. You want them visiting your website. You want them watching your videos. There's all kinds of different leads that you can have access to. And the goal moves us into step four, which is now inviting them into whether it's a conversation with you or a freebie where you collect their email address or a product or a service that you're offering. And because we've taken time to nurture that relationship and they've gotten to know us, they are much more responsive to our invitations than if we were just showing the invitations to people who'd never heard of us before. So social selling has a lot to do with building those relationships and getting visible in front of the right people. So those are the four steps. I love it. So I hear terms all the time, like like campaigns, lookalike campaigns, retargeting, all of these different words. Those are the three that I hear the most. Could mm -hmm. you define them for us and kind of tell us what the difference is between them? Sure. So a like campaign is one of those types of Facebook ads that I think everybody should know how to run. It's a simple page likes campaign. And really all you're doing is you are paying Facebook a little bit of money to show your page in front of the right people. So it's incredibly targeted. You tell Facebook who to show it to, where they live, how old they are, what gender they are, you know, what their interests are. You can target based on uh, other pages, based on celebrities, based on magazines, based on TV shows, all kinds of interests. So a page likes campaign will allow you to grow your page. And there, you know, there's a variety of ways to run it. You can go global and run it worldwide and get a whole bunch of people in that may not be your customers, but will become brand ambassadors for you because every time they like or comment or share on your post, they are helping you reach more people with their engagement. So I love encouraging people in, even if they aren't going to become clients, but you can narrow it down and run only ads to people in your local community by, you know, 25 kilometers away if you want. So you can really control how page likes campaigns run. And they're super important to growing 
quickly on Facebook and inexpensively because we all know organic growth can be kind of slow most of the time. Absolutely. And the other words were uh, lookalike campaign. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a look. So it's not a lookalike campaign exactly. It's an audience. So. In the Facebook Ads Manager, we can tell Facebook, create an audience, which is basically just a pocket of people that we've identified through demographic, geographic, and interest targeting. So we tell Facebook, you know, everybody who likes my page, that's an audience. Now, we may want to find more people like that. So within Facebook, then, we would create what's called a lookalike audience. So we say to Facebook, see all these people who like our page? find more people like them. So Facebook then will go out into their database of their members and they first look at the people who like our page and they check out what page, other pages they like, what other groups they are part of, what kind of conversations they have, what they say they do for a living, uh, where they say they live, all that information, Facebook collects that from the people who like our page. And then they go out within their database and they find more people who are similar. So they like the same pages. They like, they're part of the same groups. They live in the same geographic location. So Facebook's doing a huge amount of work for us with us saying, hey, here's some people who are, you know, good prospects for me. Can you find me more? And Facebook will go and do that. And that's called a lookalike because they're taking our base and finding people who look similar. And then retargeting? Retargeting is really the key to success on in Facebook ads. And we've all had this experience where we've gone to Google and we've searched for, you know, luggage or a vacation holiday or a washing machine or something that we wanted to buy. And then we go back to Facebook and we see an ad for that very thing that we were just looking for on Google. I know that's, it's creepy. <laughs> that's retargeting. And it started out being just the big guys could do it, but now everybody can do it. So if you've got people visiting your website and you've got your Facebook pixel installed on your website, now you can send ads just to people who've been on specific pages of your website. That's retargeting them. So they've already taken some action and now we're saying to Facebook, help me make sure that they keep seeing me so they don't forget me. So we can retarget people who've been on our website, people who are on our email list, people who have messaged our page, people who have liked our page. And when we do, these are people who've gone through that funnel that have got are getting to know us. So we can use retargeting to keep in front of their faces, keep top of mind so they don't forget about us, keep building that relationship so that when we do invite them, they already feel like they're purchasing from somebody they know, like, and trust instead of taking a shot in the dark. And, you know, most people aren't on Facebook to be, to buy directly anyway. So you've got to have a path to nurture them to that. So when you're retargeting, does it have to be something that happened on your Facebook page? For example, mm -hmm. if you had that pixel on your website, so I think pretty much obviously since this is called the Marketing Media Money Podcast, we have the Marketing Media Money Magazine. So if there were people who go to my website to subscribe and read the magazine, I could retarget that. For example, I'm just thinking about what you said, I could retarget them when I want to invite them to my marketing media money Facebook group or no? Sure. Yes. In a roundabout way. It's a bit harder with groups because you, you know, you don't can't run an ad directly to the group URL. You'd have to send them to an external 
landing page. But here's what I was thinking while you were talking about that. They go to your website and they sign up for the magazine and you've got the pixel on your website, which is going to put a little cookie on their computer. It doesn't change their computer in any way, but what it does is it allows Facebook to identify them. So they could come back to Facebook and you could have an ad reminding them that the next edition of the magazine is available for them to read. Because oh, I see. people sign up for all kinds of things and we forget about seven seconds after we sign up that we signed up. And for you or anybody else, the key is in getting people to actually read what they've signed up for. So if they, every month they see an ad saying, hey, don't forget the magazine is available today. You could go read it. You're now getting them to go and take action and deepen their relationship with you. Oh, I love that. That's One really thing, great. That, I mean, that to me would, the, was the first thing that popped up when you started talking about this. One thing I do with retargeting is I run an ad that sends a happy birthday wish to the people who like my page during the week of their birthday. So you set it up that everybody who likes your page on their birthday during that week, they get a happy birthday from you? Yep. But that's kind Facebook of cool, already right? tells you when everybody's your birthday it is. But this is this is a post that they get in their newsfeed from my page saying, Hey, I hear it's your birthday. Happy birthday to you. This is not from my personal profile. This is gotcha. from my page, just to people who like my page. So yeah, Facebook tells you when everybody's birthday is and you can send happy birthday on their profile. This is a direct communication from my page to them on their birthday. And it really stands out because they go, what, how does that page know, right? And I can set that up. So that's a type of retargeting that keeps me in their memory. And you know this about relationships and, and this is what you've built your business on is serving. And when you give before you get, people give back to you. So when you see a post in your newsfeed from a page that you just liked last week that says happy birthday, you're going to remember that page and you're going to have a feeling of rapport because that page has taken some time to build a nurturing relationship with you. Absolutely. I think that is for sure. And they, they see you again, you stay, it's like buying brain cells, right? Right. And they see you and you aren't promoting anything. You're doing something nice for them. That's yes, the key, right? That's right. the key. That's the, and that's the whole point of the system that I implement is that we go from, I don't know you to knowing you care about me as the reader, as the viewer, and knowing that that page, that business understands my challenges and cares about me and has the solution. That's what we go through in the process that I do with my clients and my students as we, you know, work through that. And that doesn't have to take a long time to do. I've had people go from not knowing me to buying a $500 program from me in 48 hours based only on content they saw in my emails and on Facebook. Yes. I think a lot of that has to do with the value you bring. You bring lots of value for sure. Mm -hmm. So Sherry Lee, what's next for you? Is there a project you're working on? You know, Patty, we were talking about this earlier. We talk about a lot of things that we want to do and Sometimes we don't take action until we're pushed or until we're ready. But I've been talking about the Action Takers Club for a while, and I'm moving forward with that, which I'm really excited about. And that's a six-month adventure 
that you know is for people who want to implement these steps and these strategies and have the training they need, the support they need, the coaching they need for wherever their business is and whatever you know life things come in in a respectful and safe environment. I love that. So Shirley, how can people connect with you? Well, of course, Facebook is always my favorite place to be. So I'm on Facebook. My Facebook page is Social Media Minder. So people can find me there. My profile is there under my name. My website is sherryleewoysick.com. And I, you know, I love connecting with new people and, and meeting new people and learning about them. So I'm happy to meet anybody who'd like to reach out to me. That's nice. And you have a gift for my audience as well, which is always nice too. I and we'll put the link in the show notes, but tell them a little bit about it. Absolutely. So this is the ultimate Facebook ads template and workbook. And this walks you through two, well, there's more than two, but two of the most important things around your Facebook ads. So we've talked a lot about the type of ads and uh, you know, the budgeting and those sorts of things. And those are important. Targeting is super important. But if you don't have the right image and the right copy in your ad, it doesn't matter how good your targeting is or your budget is, people will may still scroll by. Your images have to stop people from scrolling past. And then your copy has to build that rapport quickly and effectively. And in this template, I walk you through how to select scroll stopping images and how to write high converting copy that will get people to take action. Now that sounds like a great gift. So thank you so much on behalf of my audience. My pleasure. And so, Shirley, we've come to the portion of the show that I love, and it seems to be very popular with the guests as well. It's kind of my version of social karaoke, and we're calling it the open mic. And here's where I pass the mic over to you, give you an opportunity mm -hmm. to share with the audience anything that maybe we didn't cover in this conversation. Um, maybe I didn't ask you that question. Maybe you didn't get a chance to expand on it as much as you wanted to. So if there's something that you would like to say or share, this is your opportunity to do that. Well, thank you so much. You know, I talk to a lot of people and I see a lot of people have that love-hate relationship with Facebook. They know great things are possible, but they don't know necessarily the steps to get there. Uh, and so they get frustrated. They, you know, maybe implement without the right training. And the number one thing that I really would love people to know is that, you know, Facebook really wants you to succeed. They want you to make money on their platform. They just also want you to follow their rules and do Facebook the way they want you to do Facebook. They're very protective of their community that they've built, the 2.4 billion people that they have in their community. And they allow us to use so many of the pieces that they have in Facebook, the, the targeting and the demographics and all the information that we get they allow us to use that in order to help us grow our business. So if you've used Facebook and you haven't had the results that you wanted, if you've run ads and felt like you wasted your time and your money, it really isn't Facebook that is being, you know, negative or bad or against you in any way. It probably is just that you haven't gotten the training and the support that you need to make it work because there really is a path and it doesn't have to take you all day to do it. It doesn't have to cost you a fortune. You don't need a massive ads budget. You just need to know the steps to follow and how to implement in a supportive community. 
And thank if I you. could help people know that, that would be, for me, that would be everything. Oh, well, thank you so much. And thank you so much for being here with us, Sherry Lee. For everybody out there, if you enjoyed today's episode, please connect with Sherry Lee. And also please like, subscribe, and review this podcast on your favorite listening platform. And remember that sharing is caring. So I look forward to another episode of the Marketing Media and Money Podcast. And I look forward to talking to you soon. And we will see you again soon. Thank you for joining us today on the Marketing Media and Money Podcast. To shorten your learning curve even more, make sure to grab your free copy of the Marketing Media and Money Magazine at www.marketingmediamoney.com. I promise your business will thank you.